Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome again to the Dirt Road Circuit Riders Podcast. This is Doug and... I'm here with uh, Steve McVeigh from the Dirt Roads Network. I'm here with Michael Houle, who in honesty, I thought his first, first time I heard his name, I thought it was Michael Cool, which was way cooler. I thought it was Mike Cool, and I'm like, man, that's cool. And you wondered, why doesn't that name I match know. up like, uh, you know, we yeah. named Peter Rock. Uh, Vineyard Maybe Small Town, USA. It's good. We're going to, our last podcast was a little heavy, a little heavy, and uh, we decided to lighten it up. I don't know whose idea that was, but... My we'll, doctor says I need to lighten up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so does Ken Davis. Lighten up and live. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, I'm going to launch with the first question because, you know, we have fun here. We yes. do have fun, and I, I wanted to just have some fun with this. So here's the question. I really love being rural because I love those open-ended questions. So I really love being rural because, oh, and man. just let's just tell some stories. I love that. I love that question. First of all, because we have dealt with a lot of the negative parts right. of being a rural pastor. And like, if you were just like not a rural pastor and you listened to this podcast for the last five or six episodes, you would say. These people are like worst recruiting tool ever. If you hate it that much, why do you do it? And so I'm going to just start with my one of my favorite moments. It was several years ago. We have an eight-man football team. The coach, I mean, what I love about being rural is how involved you get in the community. Oh, yeah. And so I get this call from the football coach. Okay, this is no joke. At this time, our youth group, half of the high school, which is only, okay, 80 high school students. So half of the high school is coming mm -hmm. to our youth group. And, and he, the coach, is, I'm not going to say he's superstitious, but he wants Jesus on his side. And so... <laughs> He calls, he loved it that I would go to all the games, all that kind of stuff. He calls me up and he goes, I have a very serious question to ask you. Okay, I'm, I'm ready for everything. You know, right. he goes, I don't want to offend you, you know, and I know that a lot of your, a lot of my boys are, they go to your youth group. We have this blitz package. Okay, this is a true story. We have this blitz package that's for a goal line stand and the best name for it is the hell blitz. Will it be okay with you if we have the people calling the play call that the hell blitz? And of course, I'm like, of course you can. But I love that. Oh, That's I, I can't imagine Andy Stanley getting a call from any high school coach asking about the hell blitz. They could care less what Andy Stanley thinks. 
but they cared about Steve McVeigh, which is just awesome. And just for the record, uh, Steve McVeigh just broke new ground by being the first guy to swear on this podcast. I swear it's a bad deal. I'm telling you. <laughs> Unless you were talking about a proper place. Yes, uh, I just, believe it's real. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good. We'll leave it up to Mike to yes. break that. Love it, yes. is, but hell is real. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Some people will laugh at that. <laughs> We've lost control already oh. in this podcast. Me. Go ahead. Yes, go All right. Ahead. We're pointing at each other. <laughs> there are 10 million reasons why I love being in rural, and I'll tell quick hits. So I was getting my hair cut because you do that from time to time. I was like Absalom. And, uh, and I was getting my hair cut, and this woman is cutting my hair. Part of my, part of my thrill of living in a rural community is that we have our own language, and sometimes it's not English. Yes. And yes. so I'm getting my hair cut, and this uh, woman is cutting my hair, and I was just talking about how we had a cat problem on the farm. Because if you don't have cats, you have rats, and you don't want rats, so you have all these cats. Yes. And uh, she's cutting my hair, and she says this. She says, you think you got a, you think you got a cat problem? We got a real cat problem where I live. All them cats are out front of my yard conjugating. <laughs> I'm like, wow, all right. So, I'll, I'll share this too. So I had a kid who raised his hand and he had a, he had a prayer request. These are true stories, man. I do not have to embellish. And, and he raised his hand and he said, uh, I, I got in a car accident coming over here, and we're like, oh, oh, because that's a serious moment. And I said, all right, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I'm okay, but I stopped at a stop sign, and uh, an Amish buggy ran, right, and the horse ran right up onto my car. And I, let, and, you know, I started laughing, I said, son, you, son, you got to speed up some. <laughs> if you're getting hit by Amish buggies, man, you... You gotta speed that thing up. <laughs> oh man! Fred yeah. Flintstone is in the background. <laughs> yep. I like that. I mean, I've loved ten million things about living where I where I live. I remember one time found four dead possums, and it's gonna be a children's book sometime because they were in a garbage can following one of our events and the garbage can had had some leftover donuts thrown in there and there were there were like all kinds of tarps thrown up against the garbage can and the first possum I'll tell it like I tell it the first possum climbed up saw the donut jumped in ate part of the donut couldn't get out and died the second possum smelled the first possum climbed up <laughs> the same ramp jumped in, started eating the possum, couldn't get out, and died from thirst. The third one should have taken note. The third one should have said, you know, my two brothers are in there, dead. This looks bad. Four possums. And I just preached that. I'm like, that's sin. That's sin. And their mom is like, if one possum dumps into a trash can, you Yes. <laughs> you do not get that story if you are living in Chicago. No, you just no way. don't. No, no way. That's rich. No, no way. So, Mike, you, you got to come up with something. Okay, I don't even know what to say. At this point, I feel like I have, all my stories are very tame. No, but you do know you're in rural in a lot of ways. One of, the, one of my favorite moments was we were just in a new, not new facility, it was our first moment. We used this old high school for our church. And I have a fear of bats. 
And so we bring this up by the bus. I fear bats, and so did my worship leader at the time. Both grew up in rural areas. Well, you don't prefer bats from working on farms when they get caught in your hair when you're working at night. And I have a big fear of bats because of this. This is my confession as a pastor. And a bat came flying out on Sunday morning. Well, we both hit the ground. And my wife and his wife chased the bat down with a net and a broom and took care of the bat. Well, the next Sunday rolls around, we had two bats show up. And at that point, we knew like this was maybe a sign from God. No, we, we, we took care of those bats as well. But as I was talking to someone in the area, they said, yeah, but have you dealt with the rat problem? And we said, no. And the next time we found a rat in the toilet, we knew this was an issue. So just to share like animal stories, we get off of that. I think you know, like I love rural because you have the stories of things you would never think about. The things of the realities of like yeah. you get to talk in schools more often in rural, not always, yes. but more often in rural than you do in any place else. Yep. Football coach story. Uh, my my favorite was uh, when we burned down. I went to the superintendent's office. She said to me, "We already heard about it. High school's yours, free of charge for a year." Yeah. Well, that doesn't happen in an urban or suburban setting. Yeah. Driving yeah. a separation of church and state conversation with you, right. and she's like, "No, and oh, by the way, thanks for the prayer the other day." <laughs> With the staff. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's how it works. And I think there's so many stories of those realities. Or you're sitting at the coffee house and you walk in and the first 18 people you know. And, and you're able to have a conversation with. Yes. Um, the other day, best story I've had so far this year, I was at the drive up at the coffee. We have actually a drive up at our coffee place. Pretty fancy. We have a, no, yeah. no. You're almost being disqualified. Yeah, but, but hang on. There's no ordering <laughs> thing. You literally drive up and knock on the window. And they open <laughs> the window. And they take your order. So that still makes us rural. Yeah. So I pulled up and she said, the owner friend of mine says, do you go to a liquor store a lot? I'm like, no, why? But we do buy our communion cups at the liquor store yeah. Well, now we can't have COVID. We've been buying our communion cups because they're cheaper to shots. They're actually cheaper to use. Okay. So there's a little lesson if you're trying to save some money. <laughs> get shot glasses. Get shot glasses. But here's what makes this why people listen to this podcast. So here's where the story gets funny. Steve's the, cussing, Mike's drinking. <laughs> the owner, the, the owner of the liquor store was in front of me and said, What does Pastor Mike drink for a drink here? She, she said this tea. And she said, great, I got it. And the owner wanted to know the coffee house, why the owner of the liquor store was buying my drink at the coffee house now. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a small town story. Yeah. You hope it's a free tea because you buy your communion cups at the liquor store. Oh, yeah. See, that's, that is a world story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great story. And it's hard to know where to go with all this. Like, <laughs> like we were talking about animals, all right? Yeah. That's what we we literally, after church, after church one Sunday, we had a person who had had a pack rat in their like their F one fifty, which is a horrible thing. Oh yes, yes. Right. And so they're they're out. The F one fifty sitting out there. We're talking about this pack rat problem, and the pack rat runs out from underneath the F one fifty. Oh, and come to church, and it begins to head towards <laughs> another vehicle. And what ensued involved a couple dogs, a couple guns, and half of the congregation <laughs> chasing a pack rat. And that pack rat met its demise oh. at Lamont Wesleyan Church that day. So if you go to church to exercise your demons or your pack rats, come to Lamont Wesleyan Church. Or when you get bit by a fish while you're doing a baptism, you know you've got a river <laughs> as well. That's happened to us three times. <laughs> you need to find, you know, you gotta, you gotta oh, man. You might, you might be a you might be a country pastor if yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, so 
I love everything about it. I love the animal stories for sure because they happen all the time. Mm -hmm. I love the people stories better yes. Uh, yes. because there are things that just don't happen. And I, again, have to borrow from the story. But my neighbor didn't really like me that much. And the reason he didn't like me is he didn't understand me. So uh, I, I was a pastor. That's foreign. You, you live in a rural community. I'm not working with my hands the same way, right? Yes. I'm not out in front doing, the, you know, cutting down trees. And, the, and I, I had a chainsaw and all that, but he didn't necessarily see it. And so he didn't really like me. I wasn't much of a man for him. And uh, this is kind of a funny story. So the county, as I've said before, didn't necessarily all want us there. And um, there had been some rumors that had been spread and some lies that had been passed out on pieces of paper to be shared at a township meeting. Now, we, uh, we learned that because someone came to our house and they pulled in the driveway. It was my neighbor. And uh, my wife looked out the, out the window and she said, Doug, you're not going to believe it. I'll, I'll call her Deb. Deb's here. And we, we kind of panicked. We're like, oh, no, that's not good. And she came in and she walked to the door. She knocked on the door and uh, Dawn opened it. And she said, I, I got something to admit to you. She admitted that she had shared one of those lies at the township meeting. And she said, you know, that that had been a, kind of a plan because people were afraid of what we were going to do. And then she said this, I watched how you handled that. Mm. And she said, I, uh, I need you to teach me how to pray. I mean, it was one of those aha moments where all of the difficulties came to this. You're the only neighbor I know who really loves Jesus. Let yeah. uh, Teach me how to pray. And her husband wasn't doing well physically. And so she came over and asked how to pray. And we did. The story got better. It wasn't too much later where she and her husband called us over. And Dawn went over and, and she said, Rick wants to learn too. And both, both of them accepted Jesus Christ. Both of them invited us to their baptism at a church. They started attending. And we were there when uh, he was passing away. Just a funny story because he pretended he was asleep for everybody else until we walked into the room. And then he said, I was wondering when they were going to leave me alone. <laughs> it was just one of those moments where we were a part of a man who we will see again in heaven. Yes. You know, we're going to see him in glory yes. because we're neighbors. And to be able to walk someone through from the beginning to end of their faith journey is an honor you don't usually get in urban America as often. Mm -hmm. And I think for me personally, I was just thinking about um, the people we've seen to be able to lead to Jesus as even teenagers. Yes. And they've stayed in their church. They started serving their church. They become leaders in their church. They become connected to our family. Yes. And we have a wedding coming up. And we don't know who to not invite to the wedding. Yeah. We thought we'd a 500-person wedding at this point. Yeah. We're looking around our church family going, How do you, where's the line? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many people that they've been involved in my daughter's life. Mm -hmm. My daughter said, Dad, you got to invite them. Well, if I invite them, I have to invite them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I kept explaining my daughter, Sarah, like, how this works. But what an honor to be able to there. And as I was sharing about her worship leader passing, you just brought it up. She came back. She found Jesus actually in the Twin Cities and moved back here. And the reason why she was started is such an honor. She, we got to raise her kids in Jesus. In fact, one of them is actually doing sound as we speak out in the recording. He's a teenage boy. He hasn't missed a Sunday since his mom passed. Mm -hmm. And that was um, three year, two years ago now. And the crazy part about it is, is she literally told her daughter, when I'm ready to go, you need to get Mike in here. I need to have him. I want to pray with him before I die. Mm -hmm. And I had the honor of being called by her, her daughter to come to that moment 
and pray with her. And we had to, we got a chance to not just watch her grow into a leader in Jesus, yes. but disciple the young women that are seated by our worship team right mm -hmm. now. And I know some of that stuff happens in urban, but not in that way in a row where you're involved with your family and you're involved with every part of it. You know, I think those rural stories, because I think at the end of the day, if we stay in our communities long enough, our funerals are going to be kind of fun. Not to be morbid, but it's right. going to be yeah. kind oh, of yeah, fun yeah. because they are so fun. Yeah. I, I, I tell people, like, I really love living in a rural town because I like knowing the people around me. Yeah, I yes. like that investment of relationships. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think when you look at those relationships, Steve, I think it's an amazing thing to say, well, all people have been involved that you get to see from the, the journey to start that you saw with Rick from the beginning of his journey to the end. To the very end. You know, and I've been there 20 years. And so I've seen kids that were in youth group, you know, there were junior high kids when I got there. Yeah. That I got to see them graduate from college. I got to see them, you know, uh, get married. I officiate the wedding and then yeah. I get to dedicate their kids. Yes. And I get to tell their kids stories about how their parents were in high yes. school and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, just uh, so many things that we love about rural ministry. Um, some of them are really simple. Like, I love farm-raised pork, beef, mm. eggs, chickens, deer, 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 farm-raising, yeah, but, yeah. but that's we a do. great thing. Um, you you go through a list of things, like the beauty of nature. Yeah. I mean, like yesterday, I drove on all these county roads. Just people pay to go on vacation where I live. Yeah. Yes. You know, that is that is a beauty of, of rural ministry. What about potlucks? I don't know about you, but there ain't better than a country church pop. Well, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Yeah, I must say pre-COVID. And no one tell if grandma brings it. Yeah, there are some things that make you go, oh. Yeah, well, you got to watch it. I've eaten squirrel because of that. I'm going to idea. But, you know, and I'm going to say right now, we're in a moment right now as we're recording this. My wife had hip surgery. Yes. And we we won't make a supper for the next three weeks. And oh, that's an yeah. amazing beauty of rural America yeah. that you just don't yeah. see that we're just being taken care of. Funeral dinners. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, rural churches still do funeral yeah. dinners yeah. and yes. stuff like that. How about this, guys? The joy of raising your family in a rural area. And yeah. yes, I know education-wise, sometimes you wonder, are they, you know, are they, you know, they don't get all the benefits and all that kind of stuff. There's this saying, it takes a village. Yeah. And people that usually say that really mean it takes the government. But for us, when we say it takes a village, it really, it, our village raises our kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the amazing part is my, my son was going off for his first career, and he's starting off. And he called me first, so I appreciate it. And then he called three other guys in our church that had been a part of his life as youth pastors, yeah. as leaders, as men that's mentored him. And then my daughter's the same way um, on, the, on the situation the other way, calling her youth leaders. And, and even apologized to what she came back. The one that, that had transitioned to a different role in our church, he, he, went, he went up to him. She went up to him and said, "Keith, I'm sorry. I was kind of a brat in middle school." <laughs> yeah. But but the relationships to be able to have all that for your kids, like you said, a village. I'm witnessing my my children are 24 and 21, and they both still love Jesus. And it isn't because of what just what I did or what my wife did. It's what this church has done yeah. yes. as an investment in our children. There's a difference in body life. I really believe this, a rich, multi-generational body life that exists yes. in rural communities. Uh, my family always adopts somebody into the family. Like There's always somebody sitting at our table. And my kids, this is a bitter blessing, 
my kids have been a part of, of some elderly people who have passed away and they grieve that. Yeah. And, and I think, A, it, it teaches us that grief is a legitimate portion of yeah. life, but also that it's rich, that, that the grief comes from an experience mm. and a love. And uh, I, I think it makes you a little less afraid of maybe loss and uh, investment. I, I just love that. And that started when there were little girls and we would drive to church and my wife would say, say your good mornings. Mm. You know, and my kids as little girls would walk through the church and they would say good morning yes. to the older people who were already sitting yeah. in the pews. And right. you know, if I was in a large church, and these are small things, but I just got to tell you, because what we want you to understand is we love yeah. the ministry. Yeah. My kids and the kids in our church get to serve. Yes. They get to learn. They, If it's all a, a large elite ministry only the mm. elite can serve. Yeah. But my kid, my, my son was in the sound booth at eight years old and, and today is a worship leader. You know, he's, he's yeah. got a real job, but yeah. he's a worship leader yeah. in the church. Does it wonderfully because every aspect of church ministry, he's had an opportunity to serve. So mm. the complication of my daughter getting married next spring is because <laughs> she has run the kids in the nursery, mm. the babies, for... Since right. she's been 14, yes. 15, and she's now 21. And for six years, she calls them her kids. Yes. And when she comes back, it's like the Pied Piper. All, you saw, watch these kids from ages like 10 yes. down to like, you know, little, mm. running up to her to hug her. Mm. Because they're like, oh my gosh, Sarah's back. Yes. And that doesn't happen in a yes. large church community or a non-rural community. It, it can, but it has to be so, so deliberate. Yeah. yeah, so intentional. And, and so this yeah. is, that, but that's the beauty of a rural pastor. Like yes. we have these moments, and these families are still here. Yeah. Yes. Like, like, like the beauty of it, it does take time for families to come into your church. But once they do, they usually don't disappear in three months. Yeah. They're usually with you for such a longer term, and oh, there's yeah. a beauty in that. Yeah. Yeah. You get to know people better. And granted, like with our kids, we had to be balanced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There were times that we had to say no. They can't help you with that. And I mean, like, there's, it's, it's you know, tough. there's a balance to it. But if you teach your kids the joy of ministry. They get to see the best of the church, and it's really, to me, I mean, both of my kids are following Jesus, and I give glory to God for that, mm -hmm. but I give a lot of credit to Lamont Wesleyan Church in that rural setting. My son learned how to work. I have, I am not a handsy person. I, I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a carpenter. My son is an engineer. It isn't because I taught him how to swing a hammer. People did it. I mean, it, it's like there's a... You are a part of a large family when you are in a rural setting. And you know, beyond just your church, you get to know people in your community. And yes. so you get to pastor people that aren't even in your church, which oh, yes. is not common in other right. scenarios. So I, I think of the teacher friends I have in our community that I've got to know for the years through my kids' events yeah. or their parents and neighbors and things like you've told. Like you get to pastor people beyond just your church. Yeah. And there's a beauty in that. Yeah. You know, there's a beauty in those moments of just being able to like reach out to someone who doesn't know Jesus and talk to them about things. Yeah. Yeah. So I have an idea. We're, we're getting, we've been going here for a little while. How about this? I don't know how we can do this, but like maybe in the comments section, I'd like to hear from the other rural oh, pastors. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You rural pastors that are listening to this, you know, because honestly, I've, I'm almost depressed listening to some of the things because there's real challenges with rural yeah. ministry and all that kind of stuff. But would you be willing to like in the comment section, whether it's in our Facebook, 
page, whether it's like right on the, the page that has the actual podcast with, uh, I think it's at podcast.net or whatever it is there. Mm-hmm. Just what do you love? I mean, love about being a rural pastor yeah. and living in rural places. Yeah, because here's the thing, man, it's, it's focusing. I have to decide what I'm going to focus on. I have to decide my focus. I get to decide what I see. And, and so it's sort of like a garden. If you're planting a garden and some of the plants are really good and some of them aren't so good and all this, I get to decide what I'm going to look at. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that I'm an effective rural pastor is by making sure to rejoice and give God praise for the positive things about being in a rural place. In response to that, I'll just say that I get a chance to look at my Amish neighbor's garden, which apparently don't fail on plants that I do. And so my wife and I had this discussion. I'm not planting a garden next year. We're just paying them. <laughs> You're gonna pay them. We're just going to pay them. Pay them to come over and plant your garden. No, not to not to plant it. We're going to theirs. We already talked about it. We You're going to buy their stuff. That's good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's my goodness. You, you know, it's yeah. So if you get a chance, because there is so many good things, and yes. I think you're right in the positive attitude and what that entails. And as we hear the cows, I think are coming home soon. Yes, they are. Um, that I just think like, literally. Like literally, well, literally here, you know, you can probably here. In Wisconsin, the cows coming home is a pretty big deal. There's dairy farms everywhere. We are, contrary to what California thinks, we are still the best dairy state in the nation. That's right. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of cheeseheads. You bet. And with that. (laughs) We love each other in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Well, thanks. It's been great spending time with you again today. It's been great spending time with you gentlemen. This is funny and fun and encouraging today. And I'm ready to go back home. Not to get another haircut, but I'm ready to go back home. So thanks again. We'll see you and uh, we'll be praying for you. Please pray for us. God bless you. The Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at thinkorange.com wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at crossroadsfarm.org Vineyard Small Town USA Vineyard Small Town USA equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash USA. Crossroads Farm, working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.crossroadsfarm.org Dirt Roads Network, transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities www.dirtroadsnetwork.com For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails. Happy trails.